Morning, fellas. How are we? Good. Good, mate. Kicking us off for a new podcast, new week, new podcast. Mm. Good to see you again. Yeah. Always. Travelling well. How are you, Mick? Good, guys. Ticking along. Ticking along nicely. Missed you last week, mate. You had those commitments, so good to have you back. Good to be back, mate. Good to be back. How was the uh, camping with the family? Yeah, nice. Nice. Good to get away and um, have a bit of a break uh, from general life and, and do some of the things we've spoken about before in terms of those rites of passage and things like that and getting out amongst nature, so uh, it was very enjoyable. Did nice. you get barefoot? We were barefoot for the whole weekend. Oh, lovely. Nice. Well done. Today's topic. Very nice. Yeah. So no, no phones, no shoes. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's very ancestral, yep. isn't it? Getting back to our ancestral roots. It is. As the modern ancestral man, it's hard to do these days. Yeah. So barefoot's one of those things that we can do. Yeah. It's and in touch with nature, a bit of grounding. Yeah. So that was going to be our topic for today. And the old uh, ancestral man didn't walk around with his, uh, his Nike Airs, did he? No, definitely not. His Nike Airs were actually his feet. Yeah, I'm sure they would have wrapped themselves in something. Yeah, often Maybe I think uh, for climate purposes they had um, like you know skin uh, or you know animal skin and fur over their feet. Yeah, um, but that would have been a, just only a, like a a warming sort of purpose. Uh, you reckon their the soles of their feet would have been that hardened that they would have just been. Yeah, you know, walking around on rocks, treading on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Bit of a comfort thing. I but thought maybe they'd have it for a bit of comfort too. You know. Yeah, I'd say Stop in um, mild climates or you know warmer climates, they would just go barefoot. But mm. I'd say in like you know ice, snowy environments, they would have like a what do you call it, like a moccasin sort of thing. You know, yeah. like the 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 leather of the animal. Yeah. On the sole of their foot to sort of protect them from the the icy cold. Mm. Uh, maybe with the animal fur on the top of the foot. Yeah. I've seen images of that. Yeah. 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 You'd, you'd reckon they definitely wouldn't have wrapped their feet in tight like we do with shoes these days. If no. they were making a crude moccasin or a bit of protection for their feet, yeah. they certainly would have, wouldn't have pulled all their toes in together and had a big bloody heel on the back and all that sort of stuff, would they? It would have been quite a natural, just a thin piece of yeah. natural material, some leather or some, yep. some fur, depending on what side they've used. Yeah. And I think the important thing is their foot would have been able to spread like it's meant to. Definitely. I'm sure yeah. the ancestral man... Let his body do the talking, and I reckon anatomically we've been designed to be bipedal, walk upright. All those muscles and ligaments, tendons in our feet, legs, calves are designed for us to walk without big honking shoes on. Yeah, can you imagine putting a pair of Nike Airs on a primeval man? Wouldn't know what to do. He would have freaked out. He would have been like a baby deer that's just been born, trying to stand up and walk. Yeah, you know, yeah. you see him come out, and or a baby human. Babies. That's well, that, that was yeah. going to be my point. A baby yeah. human. You, you look at a, a baby who gets shoes on their feet for the first time. They are fucked. Yeah, they walk. They can't walk properly. Yeah, it totally ruins their sense of balance and coordination. Yeah, yep. it ruins their gait. Yeah. Um, Absolutely does. What yeah, at that important time too, when you're young, that's when you're really formulating those gates and how you're going to walk as an adult. Yeah. So that, that's probably the most crucial time you got. Yeah. The feet, uh, the, sorry, the bones in your feet are forming. Yep. So you're forming your arch up until about the age of four or six. And that arch is another thing that is a wonder of evolution. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And if you're, yeah, like you say, if you're putting heavy, constrictive, thick-soled shoes on a kid, you're going to influence the way that arch forms, how they walk. And that's going sure. to follow them. One of the main, well, one of the many benefits is the sensory feedback your feet give you. So wrapping them up in, in shoes, kids can't get that feedback. And you can see, you see them when they put them on for the first time. They're kind of walking a bit funny. They're trying to flick them off. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't seem right to them. Yeah. And you look at a baby's foot, it is thick and it's muscular. Mm. Its toes are, are spread. They're not, the toes aren't all, all crunched together. And, and that's how our foot should be. Our foot should be a muscular, a muscular uh, um piece of our, a part of our body it shouldn't be a skinny bony narrow mm. pointed uh, appendage that it is after years and years of wearing shoes this is a topic that's really um i, I really believe strongly in it uh, i haven't worn shoes uh, normal shoes or sneakers for i reckon maybe six seven years now mm. i haven't bought a pair of runners for those that 
that amount of years. I, I exercise in vivos, all those um, foot gloves, which look really weird, and I get the piss taken out of me by my kids' um, friends. But I don't care, and I just look upon people now wearing sneakers uh, or narrow pointed shoes as a little bit ignorant. Yeah. I just think you, you're denying yourself. Like our feet are probably the most important muscle or part of our body. They, they support everything. They support our posture. They support our weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, when the, just through culture, through the, the strict adherence to this norm of wearing shoes, we are just de- shattering the whole structure of our feet. And then, and then when we worry about uh, you know, 40 years or 50 years of wearing you know, traditional shoes, we wonder why our back health is shit. We wonder why we've got inactive glutes. Knees are bad. Um, knees are bad, like our joints are bad. Um, our posture is bad. Like imagine wearing, like la- being a lady wearing high heel shoes. Oh. Years and years of doing that, you're going to have shortened calf muscles. You're going to have like major, major pr- postural toes, problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's those things you get? Uh, it's like a stone feeling in your foot. Um, Bunion. Not a bunion. A bunion's that um thing that happens to right. that on the plantar fasciitis. You mean yeah. like corns and that sort of thing? Uh, it's a neuroma. I think oh, it's a neuroma okay. where um there's a like a uh, the ligament and the swelling of the ligament and bone part of that ball of your foot, and it's like you're walking on a stone. Right. Uh, that often is a, an effect of, of ladies wearing high heel shoes in particular because all that weight goes onto their, yeah. the ball of their foot. Um, well, even running shoes aren't – you look at running <coughs> shoes, they are not designed with the user in mind. They are designed for you to send or land as a heel strike with all of the force of that strike going up through your leg. So if you think about your arch – Achilles tendon, your calf, your knee, your hip, it is all designed to bend so that you are a forefoot striker. Mm-hmm. So you're running on your forefoot, you're using the muscles of your legs, the tendons to shock absorb that impact. Yep. And you look at night growing shoes, there's a brand at the moment, Hoka, Hoka, that they look like a surfboard and they're about... Wow. Six yeah. inches thick, and I see everyone wearing them. I think the same as you, Dave. I was like, how do people get it? How do they wear that? Because what that is then teaching them to do is run incorrectly. You know, they're a long distance running shoe. So yeah. you put them on, say, I could, well, I could, now I can run further because I've got more padding. Um, my The heel toe drop, which is the difference between the front of the shoe and the back of the shoe, you know, is five centimeters difference. Yeah. It's crazy. We're designed to have flat. Feet, feet yep. you know, strike on your forefoot so yep. that those muscles are absorbing that shock and you run with those on and everyone strikes with their heel, with their legs straight, knees straight, so that all that impact's going up through there. Yeah. And it's just causing so many running injuries. Well, the I've research shows, sorry, mate. Oh, the research, research shows that uh, that's a three times higher uh, impact on your joints through that heel, yeah. that heel first contact. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Well, that that's what I was going to say. Sort of, I think there's been a sort of a couple of different movements in, in the barefoot scene, sort of one in the mid to early 2000s, and there's one about 2010 or 11. So there's a lot of studies around 2011, 2012, but barefoot running, biomechanics and implications for running injuries, says there 79% of runners are injured once a year or, or injured in any given year. Yeah, so right. 80% of the people that are running just about are injured. And they say it's through poor biomechanics yep. in this study by Altman et al. 2013. Yeah. Well, so imagine that. There's nothing more natural than running, is there? So it doesn't really make sense if you think about it that just the act of running should have such a high injury rate. So we're clearly doing something wrong. And like you say, I mean, if you've got these ridiculous shoes with the, the huge heel, it actually, it almost makes it really hard to run on your toes, doesn't it, or on your mm. forefoot because there's that, yes, such yes. a big difference. Yeah. Even if you try to run with correct form, if you're wearing those accentuated shoes with that big step, 
you really can't. Like it's mm. it's a real effort to try and run striking with your forefoot rather than with your heel because it's just designed. It's got that yeah. the back part of the heel hanging down. It's waiting yeah. to go. But then you, but on that, Smitty, um, when you do run barefoot, uh, you are forced to run on the ball of your foot. Yes. You can't heel strike. No, you can't. Yeah. Uh, well, so you learn painful. pretty quickly. Yeah, 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 your, body, right. your body just yeah. actually uh, functionally cannot do it. So yep. I'm interested then um, to hear you, Mickey Mac, because you've done a long, lot of long distance running and you have too, Jonesy. Um, and I, I guess it comes back to long distance running being an unnatural ancestral thing. We wouldn't have ran long distances. We would have just sprinted shorter distances, therefore running on the ball of our foot. We, primeval man wouldn't have ran like a marathon distance. I don't know. Barefoot. I reckon they might have walked, run. Walked, run, walked, run. But that's yeah. not a long not distance sprint. run. So Not like a constant jog of like, I'm just going to run at a set pace for 42 kilometres. Yeah. I don't think that's very ancestral, really. Yeah. No. But if that you was, go right back to but primitive isn't that man. What, isn't that part of what they say is that we, the way that some, some hunting that we did was the ability to outlast animals so animal would run off yeah we would sort of chase it down slowly the animal would get tired then they'd run off again and then we had the endurance to then when we four or five hours down the track we've been chasing this animal this animal's exhausted yep but we're not so instead of you know having to shoot it we just go over and grab it because it's yeah, whacked from exhaustion do you reckon that's really a thing because to, to me if i just think about that from a logical point of view okay, I'm going to do a marathon to go and catch my little bunny rabbit that I'm trying to eat for dinner. That doesn't seem like a sustainable method to, to catch food. Like it might have been a very... Oh, I wouldn't have thought a bunny rabbit. Uh, well, you know what I mean, but a very irregular occurrence. Massive, like, like a woolly mammoth yeah. or a, you know, a deer or something. I reckon that makes more sense. But, that, but, yeah. but man wouldn't have been required to run that whole distance to, to run that animal down. He would have... Like no, but he, like he said, he would have right? Yeah, he would oh, have yeah. endurance, yes. but that could have been walking and jogging yeah. or walking. He wouldn't have been running that whole distance yeah, that yeah. whole time. Yeah. So that's why I'm interested in to yeah, – well, yeah, well, Like you guys, can, you yeah. long-distance runners, yeah. I couldn't imagine you wearing those Vivo barefoot gloves for a long-distance run. Yeah, I did a mar- my last marathon I did in those Vivos. No shit. Yeah. Wow. How did you pull up from that, CJ? Was it uh, a noticeable recovery or uh, difference in recovery, I should say? Yes and no. Were your calves a bit sore? No, uh, not not any. Well, we'll get back to. We'll let Mickey Mac go because yep. I've got um I've got a couple of studies that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, that'll cool. Like that too. Oh yeah. We'll throw to Mick and then we'll yeah because he uh, he might have a bit more padding on his shoe. Let's, yeah. Let's find out. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's an interesting one to dissect here because if we're talking about ancestral man, um, probably the most, and also looking at that in the context of um, potentially uh, what sort of ancestral men weren't wearing runners and converting that into running and all that sort of thing. Well, the, the, the fastest endurance runners on the planet are, are from African nations. Um, and it wasn't until probably the last 25 years they actually started running with shoes. So, you know, given that that, um, given that certainly, and I, I don't want to be um, all encompassing here, so I want to be careful how I uh, put this across because certain there is a westernized component to the way that, that um, those African nations are living now, but there are also... Um, you know, certainly um, deep, deep-rooted deep elements of tribal living over there. Um, and uh, in terms of running, there are, there are, there's, there's books written on this by, by Western white people who travel over to Africa um, and they go and uh, there's one of them that's called Running with the Kenyans and they go and they, they have trained with these, um, uh, you know, world-class um, African runners um, for one month, two months, three months, and all of their training is done barefoot. So we are talking um, trail running on, you know, pebbles, um, rocks, all sorts of things, um, and all of their running is done barefoot. And I think that the the comparison here is that um, we, we, we genetically, 
as well. We haven't been um, we haven't been running around barefoot, certainly in my family lineage, for a long, long, long time. Um, so I think there's a, there is definitely a component of this genetics um, and um, you know how these how these tribes people are raised and and what they're used to and the changes that are then um, genetically um, bred into all of us uh, through either wearing shoes or not wearing shoes and all that sort of thing. Uh, And I think that, you know, like I I actually remember Jonesy, I'm excited for him to talk a little bit about this because I remember um, with some of your longer runs in the lead up to that, we, we built you up. I think we were talking a lot about this at work, Jonesy, and you built up to running the full distance over quite a period of time. So I think you, from memory, you know, you started with sort of three to, you know, quite short runs and then you build up to sort of far longer runs. For me, um, I'm now, I try and do at least one run a week on the grass barefoot. Um, and I'll make that, um, sometimes an interval based session. So I do notice that when I, uh, you know, obviously I'm, not capable at present of running on the road barefoot at pace, but when I run barefoot on on the grass, I notice that my whole um, mechanics, my running mechanics, change completely. And um, for the better or worse? Oh well, I, I think you would find that I'm running more efficient. I'm yeah. running in, a, yeah, more efficiently yeah. in a, in a much more primal. Um, way I'm up on my toes um, you know in terms of the contact time with the ground it's far less um, but if I was to go and do that for long periods so at the moment I'm in preparation for a run in a couple of weeks I'm running up over 30 k's in training at the moment for my long run if I was to go and try and run that barefoot my body would break down completely Um so I think there's a lot to be said for um, for genetics in in this as well, um, and I, th- I think certainly as white westerners we can train our feet up um, to handle longer periods of time uh, running barefoot. But I, th- I think we're a lot less likely to convert as naturally as you know, say um, ancestral people still living in that way, like uh, people over in Africa or even probably some of our indigenous people in Australia. Yeah. It it definitely takes, definitely takes after being years of encased in uh, foot coffins, as a friend likes to put it, it, it takes some time to one, get your mechanics right to be able to run that way. And not run as a as a heel striker, uh, and then yeah, getting the adaptation, muscular, ligament, etc., to be able to then run consistently barefoot. I think it's uh, and that's what I was trying to highlight with a couple of studies when it was big, sort of uh, yeah, sort of maybe mid two thousand two thousand and ten. Nike brought out some. They're called Nike Free Runners. I don't know if you remember these, Mick. Oh, yeah. Um, they were sort of designed yeah. to be more of a barefoot type shoe. And that's sort of what got me transitioning to barefoot. I mean, at the time, I was having some injuries. And I stumbled on a book called uh, Born to Run. I don't know if you've read that one, Mick. It's a cracker. Christopher yeah. McDougall. Um, he he yeah. goes and runs with some tribes throughout various different cultures. And, you know, they're all running barefoot. He was a he was a runner who had lots of injuries and then sort of found barefoot running. So I initially started on the grass a few times a week, around you know a few laps built up to, and then I would have my, I had got my Nike Free Runners had those, and then built up running barefoot on the concrete. I now have the Vivos, which are great. Wear those pretty much everywhere. Uh, but it, it does it does take a bit of a transition and and the initial uh, barefoot craze kind of copped a bit of a whack because people were saying, well, people are actually getting more injured. So there's a, there was a 2019, yeah. sorry, 2013 yeah. study here. Barefoot running doesn't prevent injuries. Yeah. 
So at the time, you know, they did they did their science. They got three different groups. One had cushioned shoes, one had barefoot shoes, and one had, oh, sorry, minimalist shoes, they called them, and one had uh, went barefoot. And their conclusion from the study was barefoot running causes more injuries. But what happened was, if you look into the study, they didn't transition properly. So people would, yeah. you know, go from running shod running what they call it or heel striking to, to no shoes at all and then of course they're yeah. going to get injured yeah so this there was a 2019 study which kind of contradicted that one uh, adaptation of running biomechanics to repeated barefoot running a randomized control study which did pretty much the same experiment but they called it habituation so they got people into Transition. Your transition into barefoot running. And what they found, what the recommendation or the the conclusion of of the study was a recommendation to podiatrists and sports medical doctors that barefoot running is a viable option to reduce running injuries. So when when it was done right, the study kind of found that barefoot running was was the way to go. And and you'd have to therein lie, I mean, being a skeptic here, the first study there, who who ran the study? You know, was it a uh, a, a running footwear company? Yeah, <laughs> um, and and was that set up on purpose to to initiate those people with barefoot straight away without a transition period, to with the knowledge that yeah they're going to get injuries. I, I just find studies can be sometimes so contrived mm. that you know it's hard to believe the truth in some of them. But it's good to see that another study was done to sort of. Yeah. Do it a proper way. Well, kind of, I think, jumping straight in, it's a bit naive to think that I could go from wearing thick-soled shoes without changing my biomechanics and making that conscious decision, because it is, you get, you know, you're autonomous when you run to run on your heel if you've been doing that for years. Yeah. It It takes some conscious thinking and actually going... I need to strike on my forefoot rather than my heel. And you have to think about it. Yeah. You know, and who thinks when they run? Well, not not usually. So you need to transition into that. Exactly. And it was the first few times I did it, it it destroyed my calves. I yeah. could barely walk up steps. Yeah. And you think, oh man, is this am I doing the right thing? But once you then transition in, it's it's awesome. Well, you're undoing thirty or forty years right. of negative effects on your feet you're undoing that so for a person who's thinking about moving to a a more barefoot lifestyle you have to give yourself time to transition into it and i definitely agree mate my calves were killing me um you know there was soreness but that's because all those muscles that are involved in efficient walking and efficient running were were asleep for 30 or 40 years you know now they're being woken up yeah. You know, all those ligaments and all those bones that had just been crushed together yeah. uh, with normal f- footwear and particularly playing footy. You know, like footy boots are just like such a restrictive uh, piece of footwear. Yeah. And I'm, my feet aren't perfect, but I'm just I'm trying to undo all those years of long distance running in joggers and f- playing all those games and training nights in f- restrictive yeah. footy boots. Uh, it's a long process. Yeah. But even if you look at fashion, you know, so if, if you wanted to be cool, yeah. You know, you can't get a shoe that doesn't point. Shoes. Yeah. yeah. So so often they say there's some there's some you know, uh, you know, the Converse Chuck Taylors, people say that they're quite good cuz they're flat, but they also they still round they still point your toes yeah. to the middle. Yep. You know, there's still a point in the middle rather than that large toe box. Yep. And then having your big toe out the out the top and then they, you know, widen so that your all your toes can get in. Yeah, yeah. yeah a widened a widened toe box uh, allows your toes to spread. And um, yeah. most of my shoes now are all uh, is it Vivo barefoot, yeah. Um, which are sort of enclosed shoes, but with a, that wider toe box. And a wider toe box has been proven to uh, promote more blood flow. Yeah. Uh, to to your toes and to all the ligaments around that area. Um, whereas the 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 narrow or the traditional a tapered shoe uh, squeezes all your toes together and creates a lot of deformities. So um, a lot of foot problems such as bunions, um, uh, hammer toes, 
which is, uh, you know, where you've seen some, particularly Ooh. older people, amateurs, that the, the joint in the toe sort of rises yeah, and like so the toe a, becomes yeah, crunched. Like a claw kind of. Yeah, yeah, like a claw. Yep. Um, so that's that's an effect as well. And, and you know what, we don't often see these side effects until we are an older person. Um, and, and unfortunately, some, there's a belief out there that bunions are a hereditary thing. Mm. But, you know, your grandma and her, her grandma might have had bunions because they wore restrictive shoes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the big chance we've got with all this uh, information we have moving forward is that we can positively influence what our, what our children do. Yeah. yeah. So, so we know that the feet go through a formation phase. And once those bones in the arch of your foot are formed after about the age of four or six, well, then that sort of bony structure does not change. So after that, we can change our gait. We can change our, our musculature. So we can still sort of manipulate our ability to to operate in barefoot shoes. But like you spoke about, there's that big changeover period. Whereas, you know, ideally, if you started from childhood and you gave your kid the best start to life, so you made sure that they were walking around barefoot when they're learning to walk, so that straight away that gait is, is favouring you know, like how it's supposed to be naturally. And then uh, maybe we give them just like a thin leather shoe or something like that, like a zero-step shoe where their, their foot is able to spread. And then we really nurture that correct development from childhood. Then I think you could run another study with those children down the track and they're going to have a very low rate of injury when they're running compared to adults who are trying to do that changeover. Yeah. Because like you say, science is very flawed and it'd be like telling a, a new runner to go and run, you know, 40Ks at a time, they're going to break down. They're going to get hurt because you just can't do it. There's like a changeover period and it's the same with... Adaptation. You, yeah, yeah, adaptation, yeah. like using those new muscular chains in different ways, changing your gait, yeah. all that sort of stuff can't happen overnight. But we do have that unique ability now. We've got this knowledge that, that barefoot is beneficial, that if you were clever about how you raised your children, then you, you could indeed sort of nurture that from the beginning, get all those, uh, the, the walking gait right, get the structure of the bone uh, in the foot for the arch development, right? And then I think you're really going to give them a lifelong benefit of having really healthy healthy feet, perfect gait, and I would dare say that they would be at a very low chance of injury compared to someone who's trying to come back from changing around how they do it in adulthood. Yeah, definitely, mate. Totally yeah. agree. But unfortunately, then they hit teenage years and fashion kicks in. That'll be cool, yeah. You know, and um, I've tried to promote Vivo Barefoots to my kids. Not interested. My young bloke, he's 14, he's got good thick muscular feet and his toes are wide. And I'm, I'm to the point now where I, I think he's sort of a bit more aware of his health and, and, and his behaviours and how they, that affects his health. I want to put it to him now in the next school year about getting a, a black pair of school shoes of Vivos with a wide, wide toe box and I'll, I'll let you know how I go. But teenage years with fashion, um, it's a, difficult. it can yeah. set you back. But I reckon, Smitty, if you've establish those foundation years with good foot health, um, then that might hopefully get them through those teenage years where they're more concerned about what their f- shoes look like yeah. as to how they perform. I think if you're, well, definitely if, you're, if you're, your skeleton like has formed that correct arch, then you're not going to lose that. That's not really going to change over time. And then like you say, if you do go through your teenage years and you go through the fashion phase and you wear some poor shoes, I think it's going to be a lot easier for you to go back to that first learned way of walking, gait, yep. all that sort of stuff. So yep. y- without having the science to back it up, I would imagine that that would be an easier changeover. Yeah, and you yeah. talked about the arch, and that is the critical part of your foot health is having that strong arch. Yeah. Um, there's a concept, well, there's a thing on our foot uh, anatomy called the first ray, and the first ray is a line from the tip of your big toe to the, the first um, cuneiform bone, which is the, the bone that sort of sticks out if you do get a bunion. And so that line between that big toe and that bone is called your first ray. And a functional first ray or a strong structural base of that first ray is um, associated with or or contributes to a strong foot arch. Uh, And so then from your foot arch, a strong foot arch, you've got an increased efficiency of propulsion when you walk and run. And you've also got increased stability and balance. So... There's a, you know you can, you can test your first ray functionality by just keeping all your four toes on the ground and lifting your big toe alone. So by doing that, you are and it, it takes a, it takes some concentrating to do that uh, to lift your big toe on its own with your f- other four toes 
staying on the ground. Standing? Standing or sitting. Yeah, sitting. Uh, give it a go. But if you can manage that or exercise that, that first ray, then you, you, you're keeping your, your arch in, in good health as well. And you can look at people uh, in the gym uh, who are squatting, for example, their knees might dip in. You can see their ankles dip in. Uh, often that is an indicator of a weak arch. Um, even just look, looking at someone from behind, you look at their feet uh, pronating inwards. Uh, that's a sign of a weak arch. And there's also a connection between uh, your big toe and your glute. So this big toe-glute connection uh, is, a, is sort of a, a thing where uh, you, as you walk um, and your foot lifts to walk, uh, your, toes, your toes are planted, uh, your big toes are the last thing to leave, your foot becomes rigid and becomes a, um, a platform for propulsion. That, that movement there engages your, um, your calf and your Achilles and then that progresses up to the hip, which is a, 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 you know, a long way away from your foot. But that also then activates your, um, the, the, the full hip extension. So if you're doing a full stride, your hip will be in a full, fully extended position, which therefore activates your glute. So often what we do with, with wearing our shoes that big toe being the last point of contact and that propulsion uh, of, our, of, of our foot becoming rigid and in employing the calf and the Achilles. When we're wearing shoes, we lose that connection. And so therefore, you know, that inactive glute becomes a, an issue, so, which affects a lot of different things. So that can affect your lower back and affect your, your whole – I mean, your glutes are a massively important muscle in our, in our uh, movement and our, and our bodily function. So we can lose that connectivity. So can I ask you a question there? Uh, mm -hmm. So based on that, are you saying completely barefoot is best for that? As in, because I, I mean, I, I mean, I love those uh, minimalist shoes. I use them all the time, but being barefoot is, is definitely better. You get that sensory feedback. And what you're kind of describing there, I think may be limited if you did have minimalist shoes on. Do you, do you think is that what you you mean you mean just completely barefoot? Yeah, or minimalist yeah. shoes. Like any. So you reckon you can still do that in the minimalist shoes? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even try in your normal sneakers. You probably won't find that you'll be able to read the big toe, but you know what I mean. Yeah. As yeah, easier. Yeah. You can't as see if it, you yeah. were in minimalist or barefoot shoes. Yeah. Uh, you won't be able to identify that big toe connection on the ground and then that 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 glute activation as well as you walk yeah but give it a try i mean i'd recommend anyone just take your shoes off and walk take a decent stride and just focus on your big toe leaving the ground and your you're fully extending your hip which means pretty much your your back leg is 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 straight uh, and then that should incorporate your glute as well so if you can get that working Walking and running will become uh, a more efficient biomechanical process. Uh, it's the way we're supposed to do, to walk. But, and and, and when that sort of becomes um, uh, nullified or, or, or dulled, we, we take shorter strides, we take shorter steps. Um, you know, some people might, you might even notice people walking with their feet splayed out. That's a way of the body compensating uh, to get that, that big toe and glute connection. Um, but see, give it a go. I, I've tried it and I've tried when I walk, I try focusing on my big toe. And then as I stride, activating my glutes as I walk. Um, and it, and it does make walking and, and it's a conscious effort, but if you can do it long enough, that conscious effort will become a habit and you will just find that walking becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do you reckon, cool. I, I don't know if anyone's looked at this or if you've seen it, but do you think when people are sprinting, do you think they naturally do that because when you look at people yeah. sprint, it's yeah. almost like the most natural expression of running. Like no one sprints on their heels. Like that no. would be weird. Like people yeah. sprint on their toes. Yeah. And I'm just wondering like when you really speed things up and you're going for that maximum exertion, I wonder if your body does revert into that correct pattern and you are 
Definitely, mate. Sort of pushing off with your big toe and sort of yeah. doing those methods you spoke about. You look at a freeze frame of a sprinter with yeah. the high knee lift action, and so one knee is high and the other leg on the ground is straight. They, their leg is straight, the glute would be engaged, and their toes are obviously in touch with the ground, but the, yep. the foot is you know extended. Uh, that is the perfect, perfect angle, the perfect biometric yes. um, position to be in. Isn't that interesting that we can probably all access that, like if we sprint, but as soon as you decide to go for a jog, then all these other, sort of, I guess, bad habits for want of a better word, compensations sort of, sort of creep yeah. in or, yeah. or, or compensations due to your footwear yep. sort of take over and, and become the norm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For the most natural biomechanical activity that we do, walking, yeah. uh, it should be... Uh, uh, an efficient um, you know, process. It shouldn't just be, it shouldn't be a hard thing to do. Also, like we're probably not made to swing big, heavy shoes off the end of our legs. Yeah, no. definitely. You know, yeah. We're, we're, we're really designed to have bare feet, aren't we? Like, yeah. And obviously you adapt to that and you would grow stronger muscles to compensate for things like that. But really, like I noticed that I've got a big, heavy pair of boots at home that I wear. And if you do a day outside in the garden in a big, heavy pair of boots versus in my barefoots, you can tell the difference at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it's just an easier way to be if you've got very lightweight shoes on. Yeah. Lugging a kilo around on each of the end of your legs is hard work. It's like if you try and kick a footy with boots on, it feels weird, right? Yeah. Like if you have a big, heavy work boot, you try and kick a football, it's, just, right. it's just not as easy. Can't as, do it, yeah. Nah. Yeah. Whereas bare feet's actually not too bad kicking a footy. Yeah. Yeah. So can you imagine then over over years then of of this uh, dulling of your feet muscles and your arch affecting your balance and your posture? It's no surprise then as elderly people have falls on on, a, on an occurrence because they've lost that um, that balance and posture. And I read this interesting article that said that in a study, uh, the greater percentage of elderly people who had falls were barefoot at the time. Which sort of you would think would contradict interesting, what yeah. we're saying. But when I thought about it, I thought, well, that makes sense. If your foot mechanics are be, bad. Yeah, because yeah. Their, mecha- their feet have just been shot over 70 or 80 years to the point that it can no longer, no longer provide them balance or stability. But when they have their shoes on, they don't have that, they have that stability provided for them, mm. that artificial stability. Um, so, so yeah, there's all a, their proprioception. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your feet just become these dead things that hang off the end of your legs, and yeah. And you look at an old person's feet; they're just bony, no muscles. They just got nothing to them. So there's no doubt they're going to have a fall because they've got nothing to hold them up with. Anything they can do to strengthen that up? Walking, you know, as in going barefoot a bit more. Are there specific exercises or? There's a lot of different exercises that mm. um, you can just jump on YouTube and, and yeah. find different exercises to strengthen Seen your feet. Seen the ball rolling one. There's a really good one for your arch or developing your arch where you put, say if you had, doesn't have to be weights, but if you're in the gym, you know, two 20 kilo weight plates about a foot distance apart, you have your big toe on one, your heel on the other, and you're trying to uh, kind of create your arch, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Trying to pull the other weight with your big toe back towards the other one. Yep. Kind of helps strengthen them up a bit. Yep. Uh, there's also just the, the towel crunch. So, yeah, that, you know, that's if anyone that one, doesn't yep. have access to a gym, you can just sit watching the tally uh, and just put a toe on, a towel under your foot and just crunch the towel with your toes. Um, or just little simple things like standing on one leg. Yeah. Standing on one leg activates that, that, um, that first ray, strengthens that first ray and activates your your foot arch. So if anyone's listening now, just stand on one leg and you can feel it kick in. And in actual fact, you can feel when that kicks in, you can feel your medial, your glute actually kick in as well to help balance you. So there again in lies that connection between your foot and your glute uh, to provide that stability uh, in whatever you're doing. You're forcing all those stabilizing muscles to work, aren't you? When yeah. you're standing on one foot because you've got to work a lot harder. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or what about even just going for a walk on the beach? Definitely, yeah. yeah. If you, well, if different you, if surfaces if is great elderly, too, isn't it? So, I mean, the sand is going to sort of contour your foot. It's yeah. going to allow your toes to spread. Yep. Even if you do fall over, at least you're going to fall in soft sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a bit of earthing. I'm a yeah, big fan yeah. of earthing. I don't know what you well, guys think Well, that's another I mean, uh, that's benefit. Yeah. One of the amazing benefits of having yeah. bare feet, isn't it? Definitely. Like, actually bare feet is the connection with the earth. Yep. There's that, there's that theory that we're 
receiving those uh, those donor electrons from the earth, which yeah. the earth is is rich in, and yeah. they have the similar effect to what an antioxidant does. Like an antioxidant is obviously an electron donor. Like if you take vitamin C or any of the antioxidants, their their antioxidant effect comes from the donation of electrons, and people believe that you can get that from the earth. Yeah. I, I don't know how to prove that or disprove it, but it, it seems to me to have some plausibility about yeah, it. Yeah, mate, there's a lot of studies out there that are for and against it. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, if if it's, if there's a potential positive, give it a go. You know, apparently there's like blood flow increases. Um, yeah. you know, it can help relieve, relieve stress or just give you a bit more of a feeling of well-being. Mm. Um, why not give it a crack? <laughs> it's like you see the, the cliche, like the – New York stock market executive going out at lunchtime and taking his shoes off for a couple of minutes and walking yeah. on the tiny little patch yeah. of grass they've got well, Richard to, to de-stress. Did that. Yeah, Richard Gere did that on Pretty Woman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe where my brain's getting it from. But Great movie. I love but Julia Roberts. Uh, to get the earthing and grounding, you do need it to be natural. It can't be asphalt or uh, yes. bitumen or yep. wood. I reckon yeah. a nice oh. walk in the, uh, in the ocean. Yeah. Just with yep. the waves lapping on the sand there would be a good, yeah. good earthing opportunity, wouldn't yeah. it? You've got the conductivity of the salt water and the sand and yeah i mean it's it sounds a bit woo woo but it's not really that there it is ground it is grounded in science (laughs) oh integrative and lifestyle medicine strategies should include earthing grounding um and routinely walking barefoot outdoors you feel good when you do it i I go for a walk you just just feel good and your feet feel good as well it's like a it's like a massage for your feet that yeah. you don't get with shoes on because well, you're getting those little stones and sticks and uneven surface surfaces. underneath and your foot's contouring to it. And Well, it, it then it has to move, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't have the same, I'm stuck in a shoe, cushioned away. It's like loosening up a rigid bit yeah, of plywood, my, which is what your foot gets like if you wear too many of the, you know, foot coffins. Yeah. And you go out and you actually walk in nature and your, your foot's contouring and adjusting and it's just... Yep. Your feet feel good afterwards. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. and as much as the asphalt on the road might not give you the the electrons um, uh, s- supply, but it is a good massage effect. So mm. particularly with the, like the the thick crumbly bitumen, yep. walking on that at start it, at first it will hurt, but if you keep on trying it, like five, then ten minutes, then fifteen, then twenty minutes a day, walk the dog yep. barefoot on the road, it feels. Great. Such a massage effect. Don't do what I did when I was a kid and uh, park with your dad parks the car bloody. About ten minute walk away from the beach, and you're walking along oh. the hot road in summer. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bend my feet pretty good that day. Yeah, doing the, the hot bitchman dance. Oh yeah, <laughs> trying to step on the little white bits. To yeah, try yeah. <laughs> dodging, <laughs> dodging from car shadow to car yeah. shadow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, they're the good old days. Or the hot sand and the beach before you get in the water. Yeah, Oof. yeah. You know you're alive then. Yeah. yeah, and we can. And it's funny when you're sitting laying on the beach and you're watching someone. Uh, get up for the first time to walk to the water, and you see him walking normally, and then you see, oh, oh, speed up, speed up, and yeah. make a bolt for the for the ocean. But yeah, that, mate, heaps of heaps of benefits, natural yeah. benefits for uh, going barefoot, and and particularly uh, lower back uh, issues are a, a chronic um, uh, um, issue with modern day life. Um, if you think about having a flat foot on the ground. Everything is all in alignment. Your spine's aligned, your hips are aligned. As soon as you tilt that, that heel up, it knocks everything out of whack. Your, heel, your, your, your hips tilt, uh, your knees are then also um, uh, uh, stressed, and that hip tilt can then also put stress on your lower back. So, yeah, people suffering a lower back problem, try going barefoot for at least 20, 30 minutes a day. Well, I remember you saying very early in one of the very early on podcasts might have been might have been your introduction that you kind of fixed your knee pain through yeah and didn't need a fairly invasive a osteotomy yeah long yeah. long recovery surgery by just going barefoot yeah and strengthening it over time yep probably the same amount of time that it took would have taken for a recovery of a Major surgery. Yeah. I think we discussed that in our President of the World oh, um, is that what it was? Yep. session. Yeah, when I recommended going barefoot. But, yeah, that was a, a surgeon wanted to cut a wedge out of my tibia mm. to relieve, uh, relieve pressure on the medial aspect of my, my knee. Once and again, another highlight of the modern... Fix the problem, don't... Yep. Yeah. Modern... With all the risk that goes system. with the possibility of bone infections and complications oh, and all sorts of... Two years off work. Oh. So, yeah, after doing some research and looking at... Um, you know, foot health, I come to the conclusion that, and I, I had a look at my foot and my right leg, which was the, the right knee, 
it was it was collapsing as I squatted. Um, it was collapsing as I stood, uh, just naturally, um, uh, from years and years of just you know poor poor footwear or, or, or that muscle become all weak, and that created knee pain. How did you go down that rabbit hole, Rue? What what put you on that path of um, sort of looking at your feet? Like you've been to speak to the surgeon, obviously, and he was recommending this sort of radical. Did did that stimulate you to to search in Mate, general, and then feet came up? I probably heard of things at that time from, on um, Ben Greenfield's podcast and stuff like that. Um, like you know, biohackers like him, um, who had who had maybe discussed it, and that maybe prompted me to look down that avenue. Mm. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I probably would have been ignorant to it and would have gone, "Oh, a surgeon knows best. I'll just go and do it." Um, just another. Another example of people taking health mm. into their own hands. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope that sort of barefoot uh, and barefoot shoes becomes fashionable. Well, I would like, yeah. you know, I'd like to, I often walk through shopping centres barefoot. People go, you yeah. like you're a Like you're a hobo. hobo. Look yeah. like a dirty this hippie. bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually the healthy one here. Yeah. Well, maybe not. It's probably filthy ground, is it? Nah, they're clean as, mate. Germaphobe. No, they got here. cleaners in there, cleaning the thing. Yeah, just give your sho- feet, give your shoes, give your feet a wash when you get home. Yeah. Mick, you got anything else to add, mate? No, I think you guys have covered it all off uh, in terms of <clears throat> the earthing and the grounding and, you know, the utilisation of the positive electrons within the earth. Um, I tend to agree with Jonesy. I think the... The, the, the science, you know, if you, if you look at the, the, the structures within the human body, whether it's um, a cell or a gene or a, you know, an atom or subatomically, um, we, we seem to be ele- electrically charged beings. And so I think that it's, it's actually pretty common sense and commonly accepted now that um, that we are able to positively charge ourselves through this grounding with the earth. Um, and certainly a lot of the research I looked into um, in preparation for this also indicated that, um, you know, that, that there's sort of substantial benefits in terms of inflammation, um, immunity, um, assisting in uh, physiological disease as well as psychological disease. Um, right down to things like, like sleep, which I think we'll cover in the, in the future as well. Yeah. So I think getting back to, get you know, just simply getting back to nature, taking these fucking shoes off and, and grounding ourselves into the earth. Um, it's very is, ancestral. Is very ancestral, yeah, very much so. I heard a good quote, or read a good quote, that said um, a good podiatrist is the one who, is trying to get you off orthotics as quick as possible. Mm. Um, and I think society is fighting probably a um, another medical, um, not, I'm not bagging podiatrists here because they do have a place, but I think just the prolonged uh, use of orthotics um, and um, and arch support mechanisms probably doing more harm than good. I um, think quick fix. Yeah, I think um, maybe for some sort of uh, acute issues, uh, it might they might help. But prolonged use could have a detrimental effect. I'm not a podiatrist, and a podiatrist could argue the point. Uh, I guess he might have to because it's his profession. Back it up, yeah. Um, but I just see that. I mean, you know, if you had a if you had a sore neck or you injured a neck muscle and you had a neck brace, would you wear that for ten years and make your neck stronger? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say you'd probably take it off after. You know, it's a good point. A couple of weeks, you know, if you had a cast on your on a, on a broken arm or or a fracture, would you leave that on for six months? Or you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because yeah. every single person I would imagine would come to the conclusion that if you wore a neck brace for a year, then all the musculature in your neck is going to shrink and not do its job. You know, we do do similar stuff to our feet. We go to the chemist, and there's all sorts of inserts and orthotics yeah. and things you can buy to prop up your arches and all that sort of stuff. Well. You're not working the musculature in your feet to do its job, and it's just going to accentuate the problem, isn't it? So. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a yeah. I would just recommend for people just 30 minutes a day. Try walking bare feet. Doesn't have to be on the road. Just walking around the house. 30 minutes a day. Just go barefoot. That's a key, and it's sort of slow and steady. Like, don't just jump in and start doing 10k runs with bare feet because it's not going to go well for you. 
don't uh, don't think you can beat your plantar fasciitis by just completely running barefoot from day one because it's not going to go well for you, but yeah. slow incremental change. Mate, we haven't even touched plantar fasciitis. No. How many guys do you hear it's have a a plantar epidemic. fasciitis? Epidemic so, these days. Do you reckon uh, cavemen had a lot of plantar yeah. fasciitis back in the day? I've, well, I've the got o- a the other one say they probably didn't. Patella tendonitis. Yeah. Or, um, which is, the, you know, they're called runner's knee. Yeah. It's kind of outside sore ligament from running too You know, they say running too much, but... That's yeah. another big one that probably could easily be fixed. Because those um that function that I talked about walking before, it's those plantar fascia that really activate uh, underneath your foot that help that foot become a springboard for propulsion. Mm. Uh, and plantar fasciitis is oh, it's a, it's an inflammation, isn't it, of those yeah. those fascia? Um, I guess they're probably just not being used as they should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other one is Achilles tendinopathy, mm. um, and I think you could you could throw in knee tendinopathy with that as well. And I think it relates into everything you've been talking about there, Rue, in terms of we're not we're not walking or running with these ancestral biomechanics. So you know we're putting undue stress on on tendons and um, joints that that we probably aren't meant to. Yeah, that study that I referenced earlier. Barefoot running doesn't prevent injuries. The, you know, they're talking about the m- main running injuries, patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is runner's knee, tibial stress fractures, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, all itises, which are inflammation, based on, yeah, the fact that we're not biomechanically moving as we did as ancestral humans. Well, even look at modern footy players and how many stress fractures they get in their feet mm. now. And backs. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and all the rest of it too, yeah. all, the, all the wear and tear. I mean, that, they do a tremendous amount of uh, kilometres, obviously, running because they're very yeah. high-level athletes to play AFL footy. But, yeah, I think... Uh, well, we talked about boots before. None of those are yeah. anatomically correct, are exactly. they? Exactly. You've got yeah. that very pointed toe. You've got that yeah. moulded... Uh, sole that doesn't really move. Yeah, yeah. Flex. You couldn't really design a much worse shorter no. plane in high heels. No. Yeah. I often wonder sometimes whether there's AFL players that are you know sort of like on the on our wavelength yeah, about I, foot health. And yeah. I often wonder because they've had they would have boot design at their fingertips. Yep. I wonder whether there's any that have asked for uh, wide toe box yep. footy boots. Um, yeah. It's a big business footwear industry, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, they got sponsors to consider and stuff yeah, like that, exactly. but surely a sponsor might be able to make a tailor-made. Well, imagine someone came out. Imagine a big footy star came out and said, I'm wearing these. Dusty yeah. Martin comes out or something yeah. and says, I'm doing barefoot, and everyone's going, Imagine yeah. how many of those are. Cool barefoot. Yeah. 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 Mm. But for anyone that wants to um, get into the, the foot gloves, shoes, uh, the Vibrams, um, you, can, you can pick them up f- from different websites and that, but... Um, I often get mine from uh, wildfire, wildfiresports.com.au. They often have pretty good price uh, Vibrams, so they're the foot gloves. And there's you can go back to just the originals. They're often the cheapest, so I think you can get them for roughly about 150 170 bucks, which is around the same price as a, a running shoe. Mm. Um, there's also barefootinc.com.au. Uh, they, they offer a good, uh, good range and good prices. And, uh, and Vibram website itself, so V-I-B-R-A-M.com. Uh, that's where you can get your foot gloves. They have some pretty good sales from time to time. Yeah. yeah. I've used that, uh, that first one. Was it Wildfire? Wildfire or, Sports. Yeah, I've used that before and they had some, some pretty good discounts. Yeah. The really good, the really good thing about Vivo Barefoot, which the ones I've used, you can return them and they fix them up yep. and then, yeah, either give them back to you or yeah, right. sell them on. Yep. They sell uh, recycled shoes or something as well. Like you can buy... Well, yeah, like that's a, what like you a do. Secondhand recycled shoe yeah. off them. That's been yeah, that's so really my cool. Kids, like my kids, my kids yeah. tear through theirs. I, you know, put a lot of kilometres running through them, so I've given them, send them back, and they give you a discount code for your next time, yeah, twenty five percent off or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's the pretty Vivo, good. It's a good little Vivo barefoots are where I go for my um my going out sort of wide toe box shoes. Do they also stepping sell out shoes? My stepping out shoes. Yeah. Do they also sell the foot gloves? No, no, they don't. No, no. so Vivo barefoot. For people that want to sort of um, try out V I V O, yep, V I V O, yep, which is Vibram's different V I V R A M. Yeah, we were talking about before. Yeah, we're two, yeah, two different the gloves. Yeah, yeah. Vivo, the Vivo barefoot ones are more, I guess, more socially acceptable yeah. <laughs> than the gloves. <laughs> yeah. They've, you know, they've got they're all enclosed like a 
regular shoe, but yeah, look, we we're talking about before they've got a big toe box. Yeah, they give you a big toe room to move and yeah, yeah minimal flat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they do take a little bit to get used to as well, but yeah, yeah. You do notice a lot of people with Vivos. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few. It's few. It's um. It's starting to pick up some yeah. momentum. Yeah. A lot of Merrell's getting around too. Merrell's yeah, popular. Merrell's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've got anything else? We've uh, we've touched on sort of benefits, sort of what we do, how we've... Right. I've got one last comment, which is that the thing I love the most about going for a walk in actual bare feet in nature is that it just puts you in a real mindful yes. sort of uh, mindset. Hmm. Mindful mindset, that's probably poor yeah. choice of words. A mindful state, yeah. A mindful state because yeah. you're actually forced to sort of select where you're going to put your foot a little bit and it's just... A really nice. It's almost a bit meditative. More of awareness like, of yeah, your surroundings. Yeah it, yeah, it forces you to be in the moment. Yeah. So you're not your mind's not a thousand miles away, and you're just sort of trudging through with your shoe coffin, you know, foot coffins, and you're just banging through the bush and hurting everything. You're actually thinking about, I'm going to step there, and I'm going to place my foot like that, and it's just a really nice way to spend a bit of time. And I find it to be quite a relaxing, meditative sort of way. Great to be. point, Smitty. Great yeah, point. Yeah. 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 Connecting with nature a bit you more. You become more aware of where you're stepping, where you're walking. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you're in nature, not on nature. Yes. Yep. One of a better description. Yep. Yeah. Lovely. I like it. Yep. Nice way to finish. Great there, way I to think. finish. Smitty. Yeah. Smitty always finishes with some he's great. Really little, good. In he's like Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just oh. say that with uh, like the words around the opposite way? Like. But if anyone who's uh, Instagram account, there's a great Instagram account that I follow called the Foot Collective. Yeah, yeah, they they've, good, yeah. yeah they've got some awesome um, yeah. insights and and just remedial uh, health. Um, or training things for your feet, um, you know, walking on like a walking on along a cylindrical bar, um, those sort of things. Um, yeah, have a look at those on Instagram. They, they're fantastic uh, resource. Yep, excellent. Yeah, and we've got our we've got our email up and running. Modern ancestral man. Have you had any abusive Gmail. emails, mate? From oh, uh, plenty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Fielding them. You guys all are talking them. shit. Show me your medical certificates. You guys aren't doctors. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, so, uh, modern ancestral man at gmail dot com. Yeah, keep uh, them coming in. That's in the show notes now. In the show notes, so yep. click on those. Let us know. And and, well, and I think it would be worthwhile saying, Jonesy, that we do welcome support and challenge. Um, you know, we've never yeah. professed to be experts. Um, you know, we're just four mates getting together, putting out their things that have worked for us, but we certainly welcome anyone who, who has been tuning in, who, who does want to throw an email out there, um, you know, challenging some of these beliefs, please do. We welcome that as well. Agree. Yeah, disagree. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Tell if us there's what something we're doing out there you, you want to hear about. Better. Let yep. us know. Yeah, and, and sort of an interesting, quirky topic that you want us to chat yeah. about. Yeah. I'm always uh, keen to do a bit of research if it's something I haven't heard of and yeah. give an or, opinion. Or if there's any sort of uh, um, academically um, inclined person, some of these subjects we've talked about, who is a professional in that area, like, We'd get in to touch with us. Yeah, yeah, and like we can like maybe yeah. hook up a phone a phone connection or something like that just to get more of a professional insight. Yeah. I mean, we're just talking as everyday fellas who have had a crack and, and, and tried things out for our own health and fitness, but we would love to have a discussion with someone who is, is a professional about a certain area. Yeah. And we can all, set that up. We're all inquisitive. We'll ask questions. Yeah. You know, people can send their questions in. We yeah. can ask them as well. Might be a good way for someone to promote a business or a promote their own. Yeah, that would that would thing be great because yeah. of, I mean the multitude of listeners we've got worldwide. Yeah, um, they could really. Um, I think do yeah. a promotion, and I think we'll probably look at getting a few special guests on. Yeah, so that would be good to see. You know, what people are thinking, what they'd like to hear about. Yeah, who'd they like us like us to get on? Yeah, because we've got some um, listeners in the US. You were saying, Smitty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. getting yeah. quite a few hits from the US now. So. so, if anyone that's listening in the US, thanks for listening. That's awesome. We're just we're down. We're a couple of arses down here, down under. Can we edit that video? Yeah. <laughs> we're close to the end, so maybe we'll edit that. <laughs> but yeah, oh, well. very good. So get in touch with us. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Good to sure, see you, boys. Good. All right, enjoy your week. It's always good, fellas. You, yeah. See you next time. Good chat. Next time. See you, boys. Yeah.